Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. For the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the issue of you and I trying to navigate through a world of deception. Basically, we're going to be talking about trying to find our bearings in a world of confusion. Now, what I mean by that is this. We live in a world today where the world has its way of doing things, and it's constantly changing, but everybody seems to be going in that direction. But then when you face the things that you face, whether it's maybe a job situation or a marital situation, maybe it's some sort of relationship or parents or children, maybe it's a neighbor thing, maybe it's a financial issue in your life. I mean, this could go on and on and on of the kind of things that we can face. The world has its way of doing things. And the world will tell you how you need to handle those things. And then there's the biblical way of doing things. Now the tension comes when you as a believer try to decide what you need to do. And the sad thing is is that many of us are pragmatic about it. Many of us really choose what is the path of least resistance. Because we really want to just smooth out the things in our life. And so we need to know how you and I as believers need to operate in this world of deception that we're in. And so we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about that. A starting point for us then would be looking at the scripture and understanding where you are right now as a Christian. What are some central truths that you need to understand for yourself as a believer if you're going to navigate through the world of deception, if you're going to find your bearings in a world of confusion? So I want you to notice with me, we're going to look at three verses. John is using a rhetorical device here of addressing little children, fathers, and young men. But really what he's doing is is that he is really trying to express that all of us are like that. Christians should have the innocence of childhood, they should have the strength of youth, and they should have the maturity of fathers. And so notice what he writes, verse 12 of chapter 2. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for your name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the Word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. In these three verses, John is giving us an understanding of who you are right now and what you have that is available to you so that you can live in this world today and know how to live for Christ. And so what I'm going to give you now is six foundational truths for you to understand for your life as you try to navigate through the world in which you live in. 
And every one of these truths will guide you through whatever circumstance you face, whether it's family, whether it's work, whether it's just you, whether it's through friendships, whether it's at church, wherever it is. These are foundational truths for all of us to understand how we are to live in this world. So let's look at what he's saying for us today. The first one he tells us we find in verse 12. Notice what he says in verse 12. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. The first truth I want you to understand is you understand your present standing, where you are at right now, and that's this. You are assured of forgiveness. You are assured of forgiveness. Do you understand what sets us apart as Christians from other beliefs, other other religions of the world? What sets us apart is, is that we have forgiveness. We have the removal of our sin and our shame. Now, why would you say, well, I, I understand that, but why is that so foundational? Because we live in a sinful world. And because we live in a sinful world, the tendency is that you and I are going to what? Sin. And because you and I are going to sin, we need to have an understanding that because we live in this sinful world, as we try to navigate through this sinful world, we're going to make mistakes. You need to have an understanding in the back of your mind that you have been what? Forgiven. Not only that you have been forgiven, but that you will be what? Forgiven. Now, that's not a license to sin. Let me just stop for a moment. That's not saying, oh, you just handed me a blank check. I can do whatever I want to do. No, no, no. Paul says this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Let it not be so. You don't have a blank check. But understand, though, that as you go and progress, as you try to live your Christian life in this world, as you navigate through life, you're going to stumble. You're going to fall. And He knows that. And you've been assured of forgiveness. See, that's wonderful. Let me just stop for a moment because I want you to think about that for a moment. As you think about the issue of having the assurance of forgiveness, so many of you will find yourself, and I know I've been there, where you are defeating yourself over and over. You're beating up on yourself over and over because of something you have done. You are haunted in your memories because of what happened years ago. If only I hadn't have done that. If only I hadn't have done that. If only, if only, if only. You need to grasp the reality that you've been forgiven. That if you've come to Christ and you've expressed to Him your sorrow, your shame, and come to Him and confess to Him, that is acknowledged to Him, Lord, I did what you saw me do, you've been forgiven. You've been forgiven. And so... He tells us the first thing that you need to understand as you begin, and I think it's a foundational thing, as you begin to navigate through this world, especially this world of deception and confusion that we're in, you need to have an understanding that you are forgiven. He also tells us this, notice verse 12, not another aspect of this forgiveness, because your sins are forgiven you, what? For his name's sake. The next point I want you to see is this, the basis for your forgiveness is Jesus Christ. See, John takes it one step further. John just doesn't say to us, guys, you're forgiven. 
Because you could say, well, how do I know I'm forgiven? Because you don't know what I did, George. You're right, I don't. Don't tell me. But here's what John's saying. John's saying, you sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. He's talking about the basis for your forgiveness. The basis for your forgiveness for the stuff in your life is not you. The basis for the forgiveness in your life is Jesus and what He's done. So forgiveness is given to you for Jesus' sake. What did He do? He went to the cross, an innocent man, willingly so that you and I might have the forgiveness of sin because He laid down His life for us. He paid the price. He satisfied God's wrath. He satisfied the justice of God. He satisfied the penalty of sin. And so forgiveness is granted to you and I by the Father because of what Jesus has done, not because of what you've done. Not because of what you've done. Understand that. Salvation has nothing, understand what I'm saying, has nothing to do with who? You. It has everything to do with Jesus. Everything to do with Jesus. See, you and I have forgiveness, is what John is saying here, for His name's sake. Not because of you, not because of how good you are, not because of the family you were raised in, not because you're an American, not because you're a Baptist, not because of any of that stuff. I'll be honest with you, that stuff won't do anything for you. But Jesus did it for you. That's why you have forgiveness. That's why you have forgiveness. And see, if I'm going to navigate through this world of confusion, if I'm going to navigate through this world of deception where I'm going to be confused and maybe where I'm going to stumble, I need to know that I have forgiveness, but I need to know that my forgiveness isn't based upon me. My forgiveness is based upon what Jesus has done for me. I need to know that. Because if it was based on me, or if it was based on you, would you have it? fact of the matter is, none of us would have it, would we? And so that's the second point he makes to us, that the basis for our forgiveness is that Jesus is the basis. He goes on then, and look at verse 13 now, and he says to them, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. The next point I want you to see is, is, as we understand our standing now, is this, is that you understand that Jesus is God. You understand that Jesus is God. If you're going to navigate through this world, if you're going to navigate through the deception and the confusion, you need to have foundational in your mind, not just forgiveness, but you have to have foundational in your mind, who is Jesus? And Jesus is God. Notice what he says about him who was from the beginning. He's talking about that Jesus has always existed. He's talking about Jesus being eternal. He has always existed. He will always exist. Remember, John, in his next letter, which is the book of Revelation, Jesus describes himself as the Alpha and Omega. What? The first and the last. What? He's always existed. And see, if I'm going to navigate through this world, I have to have foundation in my mind that I'm not just following the teachings of some really nice guy who got a bum rap and ended up on a cross. 
I need to have foundational in my mind that I'm following God, the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ. And if He's the creator of the universe, and He can forgive my sins, then as I face the difficult situations that I'm facing day by day, as I make the decisions that I have to make day by day, then I'll look to Him because I know that He is one sure person that I can rely on because He's God. The sad thing is, is too many Christians are relying upon themselves in this world. Oh, they understand forgiveness and they, they understand and they grasp the reality of that, but they just can't seem to clue in that this Jesus who is alive today is God. And that if He bought you with a price, He's Lord of your life. And we need to grasp the Lordship of Jesus in our life that He's God if we're going to navigate through what? The world in which we live in. Because the world in which we live in is not going to gravitate towards God. It's not going to be interested in God at all. It's going to be anti-God. And so I need to understand that He is God. He goes on, then I want you to notice with me the next verse. And he says this, verse 13, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. The next thing that you need to understand that's foundational for your life as a believer as you navigate through this world is this, that Satan has been defeated by Christ. Satan has been defeated by Christ. I need to make this point. I feel like I don't have to. I shouldn't have to. But I have to make the point. You have a real enemy. Say, what do you mean? You have a real enemy. You have an enemy who hates you. You have an enemy who wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your marriages. He wants to destroy your kids. He wants to destroy this church. He wants to destroy you. You've got an enemy. But the problem is, is that in our day and age, we don't believe in Satan. So what do you mean? Sad sad statistics, 60% of pastors in North America do not believe in Satan as a real person, but just a personification of evil. Is it any wonder the church is powerless when we don't even know who our enemy is? But the sad thing is is that you're not aware of it. You're not aware that there is an enemy to your soul. There is an enemy who seeks to destroy your marriages. There's an enemy who seeks to destroy your life. Now, I'm not saying that for you to be scared because that's not the point that John's making here. The point that John's making here for you and I to grasp is, yes, we have an enemy, but that enemy has been overcome by Jesus Christ. You have the victory. Now, he doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to think that he's this super guy. In fact, he wants you to be influenced by what Hollywood says. So when you think about the devil, you think about some guy on TV and you know, you got a little angel over here telling you to do this, and then there he is over there telling you what not to do. And they want you to think that he's on par with God, but he's not. He's a created being, and he's been defeated by Jesus Christ. And you know what? You know what the ultimate defeat for him in your life was? Is the moment you came to Jesus. When you got saved, he got slapped down. Because he's the God of this world, and you no longer belong to him. 
And so John makes that point as you're navigating through this world. And let's just talk about this world for a moment. This world in which we live in belongs to him. And so if you understand that as you navigate through the world that belongs to him, you understand that you're the victor. That the battle has been won. You'll be able to guide yourself through it. You'll not be defeated. The other thing he goes on, and he says this. Notice, he says, and I write to you, little children, verse 13, because you have known the Father. What's he talking about? He's talking about a relationship. So the next point I want you to see is is that you have a relationship with the Father, with God the Father. Here, let me express to you what what that means, because we could just kind of let that just kind of whoosh, whoosh right over our heads. Whoosh, where'd that go? But I need to explain to you what I'm talking about here so that you grasp the reality of what I'm saying here and what John's trying to make a point to you about. I want you to take a trip with me 2,000 years ago. I want you to take a trip with me back to some little Israeli village in Israel at the time, maybe in Galilee or in Judea. Think for a moment that you're a Jew. And even though you are have the promises of the covenant, and even though you know that you are God's chosen people, when it comes to the sin in your life, and when it comes to any aspect of being near God, that's completely foreign from you, because your concept of God is, is that there's a temple in Jerusalem, and in that temple, you know, there's the outer court for the Gentiles, and if you're a woman, there's a court that only you could go so far, because that's the court of the women, and you couldn't progress beyond that point, and if you did, there's a sign that says you'll be killed. And then there's a court for the men, and that's as far as the men could go. There was a court for the priests, and there was as far as the priests could go. And then there was the Holy of Holies, where only one man could go in there one time a year. And that's where the presence of God was with the Ark of the Covenant. And they would tie a rope to his leg, because if he wasn't right, the chances are he would get killed and they could drag his body out of there. And so there you are, you're a Jew in that context, and your concept of knowing God is, is that, well, this is as far as I can go in the temple, he's somewhere in there. But because of Jesus Christ, remember, the veil was broken. You and I have access to the Father. Ladies, you don't have to worry about only progressing so far in a court. And let's be honest, All of us are Gentiles. We couldn't even get to that court. We were in the out in the outer court. But John says to us that you now have a relationship with God, the Father. You could talk to Him. You could talk to Him as you're riding down the road. And it's got to be more than God zapped that guy that just cut me off. It's got to be you sharing your heart with Him because you've got a relationship with Him. You have a relationship with the living God. See, here, and I think this is probably one of the most foundational things you and I have to understand if we're going to navigate through the world in which we live in. If we're going to navigate through this world, if we're going to get adjusted to this world of confusion, is to know that even if things seem out of hand, even if things are crisis situation, even if things don't make sense, I have somebody I can talk to because i got a relationship with Him. 
That's God. John says, if you're going to understand your standing in this world in which we live in, just don't understand that you have forgiveness. Just don't understand that the basis for your forgiveness is Jesus. Just don't understand that you have overcome the evil one through Christ. Understand that you have a relationship with the living God of the universe. The only God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Isn't that a wonderful thing? Then he goes on in verse 14. He makes some points again. Verse 14, the very first part, he says, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him from the beginning. Again, he's talking about that understanding of who Jesus is. Then he makes this next point. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. Here's the final point that you need to understand. If you're going to get ready to progress with me over these next few weeks to understand how we need to navigate through this world of deception and confusion. Your strength is found in God's Word. Your strength is found in God's Word. You have been entrusted with something that is far more precious than you realize. In this book is the revelation of the one that you have a relationship with, the revelation of God. It tells you who God is. It tells you how he thinks. It tells you how he reacts. You have a, a wonderful word here. It only not only tells you who God is, it tells you what he expects of you. It, it tells you how to live your life and how to live it in Jesus. It even tells you what the future will hold for you down the road. You have a wonderful word here. And you know, and as I put this word into practice in my life, I am strengthened to how I live my life. Can I tell you the sad thing? The sad thing is that most Christians aren't strengthened by the word. We don't operate by what the word of God means for our life. We operate it based upon what opinions are. Oh, Brad... I'm having a financial crisis right now. What do you think I should do? I don't like your answer. Rod, what do you think I should do? Ah, it doesn't fit. Let's see, art? Maybe art will help me. Isn't that how we operate? I, we keep Ma Bell in business, don't we? Or Verizon, excuse me. Wireless and both. And it's not that we are guided by the Word of God. We are guided by opinions. Our opinions, everybody else's opinions, what the consensus is in our families. Then we wonder why we get into the bigger messes that we get in. And John is saying to these folks, and he's saying to you and I, you need to understand the truth that your strength is connected to your being in the Word of God. John's trying to help you to understand that if you're going to navigate yourself through the world in which we live in, you've got to understand that your strength is found in the Word of God. And that's got to be a foundational thing. Not just a foundational thing to know that I'm forgiven. Not just a foundational thing to know that Jesus is God. Not just a foundational thing to know that the enemy is overcome. Not just that I understand that I have a relationship with the Father but that I understand that my strength is going to be found in the Word of God. 
My strength is going to be found in the Word of God. Those are six things that you and I need to understand if we're going to gravitate, if we're going to, if we're going to move through this world in which we live in. They are foundational. They are foundational for my life. They are foundational for your life. And if I'm not going to be caught up in the confusion of this world, I need to rest on those things that I know. And those are the things that you need to know. Those are the things you need to know. Let me give you three things. Number one, a question. Are you overwhelmed by the world in which you live in? Are you overwhelmed by the world you live in? Are you overwhelmed? It's easy. It's easy. I mean, some which you don't even know which ways which ways up anymore. You are confused. You don't even know what to do anymore. And here's the even more most confusing thing: is you talk to other Christians and they make you even more confused because they can't agree on anything either. Are you overwhelmed? If you're overwhelmed, then you need to get back to the basics. You need to get back to recognizing some foundational truths in your life. Number one, you're forgiven. The basis for your forgiveness is Jesus. He's God. I know who He is. I'm going to rest in Him. I've overcome the evil one through the blood of Christ. I have a relationship with the Father. I can go talk to Him and help Him to guide me through the confusion of my mind. I have His Word. And what does the Bible say? It's a light, a lamp into my feet. It will guide me. It will strengthen me. See, those are things that you, you can rest in. So if you're here today and you're saying, I'm overwhelmed, are you resting in those foundational truths in your life? I, chances are you probably have forgotten them. You probably have not considered them in your life. The next thing I want you to notice is this. Recognize the standing you have in Christ. Recognize the standing. No one can take it away from you. What do you mean the standing? Understand who you are in Jesus. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are forgiven. You are a new person in Jesus Christ. Understand that. I can't take that away from you. The devil sure can't. So recognize your standing. You've got to recognize it if you're going to navigate through this world of confusion. You've got to. And then finally, live a life based on that understanding. Live a life based on that understanding. What do you mean? Quit living like you have no clue. Quit living like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Yes, you do. You've got Jesus. You've got God the Father. You have the Word of God to help you. But the problem is you don't talk to Him and you sure don't read it. And is it any wonder we don't know what to do? 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.